Hello and welcome to I Thought I'd Be Rich By Now. This is the podcast for millennial women to talk about where we are, where we're headed, and most importantly, all of the books, movies, shows, and podcasts that we're currently obsessed with. I hope that you're all doing well. Personally, I am a bit drained from work, family, life in general, and I just feel like I need to get away for a bit. I'm working from home, which I love and I'm so grateful for, but I'm sitting in my office, which is a complete mess, and being in a messy space every day can feel kind of overwhelming. I just want it to be cleaned and organized. I wish I could just snap my fingers and that happens. I keep starting to clean and I go through all of my crap because I definitely have hoarding tendencies, I know, which I inherited, but I really do need to get organized. So for instance, I have collected for many years all of my movie stubs. They are sitting in an old Keds shoe box and have been for years. I bought a binder with playing card plastic inserts a few years ago, and those have been sitting in my room for two to three years at this point, and I haven't organized them. Like I attempted one time, I started putting all of the stubs into different piles, like based on year, and then it just sat there for months, and then I eventually just threw them all back in the box. I remember, I distinctly remember watching Oprah years ago. I was either a teen or like really early 20s, And she had on this woman who was very put together on the outside. You would have no idea that she was a major hoarder. And part of the conversation was it being revealed that the woman is a perfectionist. So if she can't do it all and do it perfectly, like right now, she doesn't do it at all. And I remember a light bulb going off inside of my head. Like, holy crap, that's me. I can relate to that. So that is like me in many facets of my life, which I am working on, but I'm not there yet. I am messy, but I'm not gross. Like I don't leave old food and nastiness around. I don't like a dirty bathroom and I clean my toilets weekly and I really do love an uncluttered and clean space, although I am the one who creates the clutter. But I totally recognize that that is my problem. I feel like when I clean certain areas of my home, I guess non-public areas such as my room or my office, it should be this massive cleaning job, like a full kind of gut um, job. And I cannot be content with just cleaning a little bit at a time. It has to be a deep clean. So that's part of what causes it to just keep building up and building up. Whereas I can just clean my living area and space and kitchen pretty regularly without that kind of anxiety. I've read that every time you go from one room to another in your home, you should always take something with you. That makes so much sense so that it all doesn't continually build up and you're just cutting down on the mess daily. So you don't feel so overwhelmed. You don't have this like massively cluttered and messy space. So I think that's a really good idea. I don't do that, but I recognize that it's a really good idea and that's what counts. I'm still obviously always sweeping and cleaning, but it just feels like it is never ending. And more stuff like clothes and hair products and makeup that you have, like the more of that stuff you have, the more tidying that you constantly need to do. So I think that is a very good argument for becoming a minimalist. I honestly wish I could be a minimalist, 
but I'm not that type of person. I don't know if I'll ever be. Like I love all these little knickknack and knacks and like memories and old jewelry boxes that I had from when I was a kid and it's so hard for me to part with those things. I need to learn how to part with those things, but I'm not there yet. So if you have any tips for people like me, please let me know. I've already started watching Tidying Up with Marie Kondo on Netflix. So yes, I do know about her. But if you have any tips for people like me that are hoarder adjacent, <laughs> please let me know. Did you guys watch Mayor of Easttown? I recently watched that. I started watching it with my sister, but then I just finished it all without her. Sorry. This is an HBO miniseries starring Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet's in the show, so I never really had a doubt that I would enjoy it. What also made it doubly exciting for me was that Guy Pierce is in it as well. If you all remember, Guy Pierce and Kate Winslet starred in another HBO miniseries back in 2011, so 10 years ago, along with Evan Rachel Wood called Mildred Pierce. Mildred Pierce, that series was a really excellent drama about a single mother trying to make a life for herself during the Great Depression. I love that her and Guy Pierce were going to be, you know, back together again in this new series. In Mayor of Easttown, Kate Winslet stars as Mayor Sheehan, a small town detective in the Philadelphia area. Very mild spoilers ahead. It's just a synopsis of the story. So Easttown is a kind of town where everyone literally knows everyone else. Side note, SNL did a really great parody of the show. Look it up online. It was the episode that Elon Musk was on. It's probably one of the funniest skits I've seen them do in a while, and I saw it well before starting to watch the show. So I actually didn't know it was parodying Mayor of Easttown. I thought it was just a parody of all other crime cop dramas. So as a local detective, Mare is dealing with losing the confidence of her community as she's not being able to solve the disappearance of a young woman who went missing a year ago. On top of that, her family's dealing with the loss of a beloved family member and there seems to be a never-ending stream of drama that follows her. Then there's the tragic and brutal death of a young woman in her town. The death plus the missing woman affects so many different lives and causes people to start suspecting even their closest friends and family. Evan Peters plays Colin Zabel, this young detective who's known for recently solving a very high-profile case. He's brought in to help out with this new case and to keep an eye on Mare since a lot of Easttown residents want this murder solved right away. A lot of people will know Evan Peters from American Horror Story. I haven't watched the American Horror Story franchise, but I always hear good things about it. I really liked his character in the show. He's not this badass, dark, brooding guy that's usually how a character like him is written. He comes across as a really nice and genuine person who doesn't want to step on Mare's toes, although she views him as the outsider. It was just a nice change of pace from the typical way that a detective like him is written. It was unexpected. Julianne Nicholson plays Mare's best friend, and she's an actor that I found just so good in everything I've seen her in. Jean Smart's in this. Did you watch Designing Woman with Your Mom? Well, I did, and it's amazing to see Jean Smart pop up on everyone's radar again. She plays Mare's mother and is a really great addition to the series. Jean Smart was recently in HBO's The Watchmen and now stars in the HBO comedy Hacks, which she just won an Emmy for. 
The woman is 70 years old. That's amazing, and it shouldn't be, but men in that age are regularly allowed to age in Hollywood and still have a booming career. Think Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, Denzel Washington, Liam Neeson, Mel Gibson, etc. And we know how rare that is for women to achieve, so I'm loving seeing Gene Smart popping up you know, on all of these HBO shows that are being so well-received by the public. And Gowrie Rice plays Mare's daughter, Siobhan. Watching it, I was like, who the hell is this girl? I know her face, and I'm really good at placing faces and voices of actors. It's my superpower. But I couldn't do that with her, and then I realized she's from the new Spider-Man movies. Yes, Mare of Easttown is a crime drama, murder mystery, and it really delivers on those fronts. But it is such a well-written show that touches more on themes of motherhood and parenting in general, but especially mothers carrying the burden of loving their children unconditionally and living with mistakes and regrets and the dynamics of complicated relationships with mothers and children. I personally love the female friendships in this story. I am fresh off of the finale from yesterday and I still feel like crying from the second to last scene of the show. It was amazing. If you're in Canada, you can get HBO on the Crave streaming platform. If you're in the US and many other parts of the world, you'll be using HBO Max. And if you're resourceful, you can get it anywhere. So when you do watch Mare of Easttown and all of their messed up family drama, you may need a palate cleanser of a really nice and funny family movie, and that's where the Mitchells vs. the Machines animated film on Netflix comes in. First of all, as I said earlier, I like to brag about my ability of being able to identify actors' faces and voices, so I have to congratulate myself. I am very prideful on my ability, and for the Mitchells vs. the Machines, I successfully picked out the mom, dad, sister, and villain, and one of the robots, so that was Maya Rudolph, Danny McBride, Abby Jacobson, Olivia Coleman, and Fred Armisen. Someone give me a prize, please. Abby Jacobson voices Katie Mitchell, a creative and funny teenager that's going off to art school soon. She has loving parents and a cute little brother who's obsessed with dinosaurs. Her dad is old school and doesn't understand this weird world of YouTube videos that his daughter's obsessed with creating as an outlet for her art. The night before she's set to fly away to her new school in life, her dad unintentionally breaks his daughter's heart by suggesting that she may fail at creating a life for herself with her art. He's worried for his little girl's future, but his delivery was extremely clumsy and hurtful. His comments just cement Katie's teenage feelings of not belonging. She knows that her friends in her new school will be her true people. Realizing the damage he's done right before his daughter is about to fly away, Katie's dad, voiced by Danny McBride, cancels her plane ticket to fly to school and instead plans a family road trip to drop her off so that they can mend fences along the way. While on their road trip, the robot apocalypse just happens to occur and the family have to fight to protect themselves and save humanity. This was a super cute movie and I ended up liking it way more than I expected. Sometimes you just need a wholesome family coming together movie to watch at night. I have to say it did make me feel super old to watch an animated movie that's all about online culture and YouTube. It's like this isn't like The Lion King or Pocahontas anymore. Now, I don't watch a lot of kids animated movies, so this has probably been happening for a while. But I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not the intended audience of these types of movies anymore. 
Anyways, you'll find this on Netflix. A few months back, I started listening to this podcast called Out Alive from Backpacker, which they mean Backpacker Magazine. An episode of Out of Live was actually featured on Outside Magazine's podcast. That's how I heard about it. Outside Magazine and Backpacker are published by the same company. I go camping and hiking pretty often. I'm not as hardcore as some people out there, but I definitely go camping more than the average person. Out Alive tells true stories of people who have survived incredibly against nature. So we're talking about bear attacks and experiences like that. But the episode of Out Alive that was hosted on Outside Podcast was called Tragedy on the Appalachian Trail. It's a two-part episode. Unlike the other episodes following different campers' experiences with the outside elements, you know, such as rock slides and and animal attacks, etc. Tragedy on the Appalachian Trail follows the terrifying experience of a hiker basically terrorizing others who were also hiking and camping on the Appalachian Trail. I had never heard anything about this before. This story was actually shocking. Like I did not know what to expect when I was listening to it and it was really well done. The episode and the story is true and it's crazy. I did not expect it to turn out the way it did. I always face this issue with true crime because I am a huge true crime podcast listener. It's true that crime in the world overall, and let's just say specifically Canada and the United States, is much lower today than it was decades ago. It's also true that activities like hiking and camping are so incredibly safe. But when you listen to these types of stories, no matter how intriguing or interesting If you cannot manually override that part of your brain that allows you to understand that these scenarios will most likely 99% never happen to you, if you can't do that, it can make it difficult to continue to enjoy certain activities. And I know that from personal experience. I know that when I'm camping, I'm probably even safer than I am at home. And yet, being in a tent in the pitch black can feel like the most vulnerable position to be in. If you have an overactive imagination like myself, and like every little sound you hear could be a bear or a wolf about to tear you apart, or a lunatic with an axe waiting in the bushes, you know, ready to pounce, when it's actually like most likely a hungry raccoon scouring your campsite to see if you dropped any food on the ground earlier in the day, or it's just the wind blowing through leaves. Hopefully your imagination is not as overactive as mine, but I wanted to warn you first before listening to these stories, if you enjoy the outdoors and you're negatively impacted mentally by these types of stories, maybe skip this podcast. If you can handle it or you don't want to ever leave the city and you think camping is a crazy idea, and you would rather stay in a five-star hotel, then listen away. This will not affect you. You will just be able to listen and enjoy the stories that are told. Even though these stories actually do freak me out, I couldn't stop listening. Some of the episodes truly had me on the edge of my seat. So if you're interested, search Out Alive podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Speaking of camping in the outdoors, I recently came back from a camping trip. I really needed to get away from my home for a while. I was definitely feeling super drained and it was so nice where we went. However, 
we left when it was full-blown summer and when we came back the temperature was already going down where I live summer is just wrapping up it's honestly so sad to see the leaves change and the temperature starting to drop although it's still beautiful outside don't get me wrong I still very much love fall and the beautiful tree colors but the older I get the longer winter seems and the shorter summer feels I've never looked forward to summer the way I have over the last few years and it hurts my heart to see it go. I don't know what's going to be happening with all these COVID restrictions, but I would love more than anything right in the middle of winter to pick up and go away for two weeks to any hot and beautiful beach. That's my ultimate fantasy right now. Getting a little break like that, I mean, that would be a major break, two weeks would really help me get through the winter. I don't even want to think about snow, but it's coming whether I like it or not. For now, I'm just going to enjoy the beautiful warm sun and the approaching beautiful fall weather and get outside and pray for a plane ticket to drop in my lap. If you're dreading the cold as well, don't worry. I have lots of books and show recommendations to get you through until we wake up and suddenly summer's here again. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed our show, please rate and review. Goodbye.